Hey everybody, I'm Chloe. And I'm Chase. Welcome to Back to the Pilot, the podcast about pilot episodes and their backstories. This week I will be discussing The Simpsons and how their show was destined for success. And I'll be talking about Family Guy and how Seth MacFarlane's perseverance allowed the show to get off the ground. Um, so I guess I'm gonna go first, yeah? Yeah, start us off. Dope. Uh, first off, what do you know about The Simpsons in general and, and then specifically the pilot? Well, so, so I don't know much about The Simpsons. It was not my family's show to watch. I mean, my family was more of a family guy family anyways. And so, like, The Simpsons would come on every once in a while. So, like, I, I know the general characters and the general idea of the show. But I had actually never watched the pilot until uh, today in preparation for this podcast. Oh, but you did watch it? Yeah, no. Oh, okay. No, I, wa- I watched the I watched You the watched it, but that was it. Okay, that was the extent of, like... I feel like when we were talking earlier, like, I don't know, fuck all. Well, I don't, but... Okay. Um, do I ever? <laughs> do I ever? Okay, cool. I feel like it's a generational thing, also. Like, these two shows... Like, yeah, I mean, my family, I feel like, was on the brink of... They could have been... We could have been a Simpsons family with my brother and sister's age. But then it just barely hit the cusp of my brother got into actually for being realistic my family was a south park family for a yeah. while until family guy kind of became the the show we watched for the last well, until until you decided that seth MacFarlane was the best Sexiest thing that there is Wait, <laughs> 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 oh gosh okay um okay cool so you don't know much i also honestly like didn't know much so let me talk about this pilot episode. Well, first off, The Simpsons actually started as shorts, as like these little shorts on the Tracy Ullman show, which I don't really know much about the Tracy Ullman show. But for three seasons of the Tracy Ullman show, they had their little shorts that played on it. So it's kind of, there's, in my opinion, there's two pilots to The Simpsons. Actually, technically, there's kind of three. There's the first short that appeared on the Tracy Ullman show. Then there's the actual pilot that appeared in 1989. And then there's the pilot that was supposed to be the pilot, but wasn't the pilot because of uh, animation issues. And it ended up being the last episode of the first season, which is really interesting to me. The first short film for the one that was on the Tracy Ullman show, or short, not short film, was like them tucking their kids to bed. And it's so crude. The animation is so crude. The voices sound so weird. Like, if you ever get a chance to watch it, you should go back and watch it, because it's like... It's funny, but it's also like knowing what The Simpsons is, even three years after that, is crazy. Anyway, so the first episode was originally supposed to be Some Enchanting Evening, which is the last, like I said, the last episode of season one. And it was uh, Homer and Marge enjoy a night on the town, leaving the kids with a diabolical babysitter with a surprising secret. So that was supposed to be the first episode. And because of uh, they were having animation issues, essentially they couldn't get it done and be on air when they were supposed to have it on air they ended up instead of they were supposed to release it in september of 1989 and because of that issue they postponed the release of it to december and so when it it came out in december they decided to release their christmas episode as the very first episode of the simpsons and it's funny because in that first episode it was supposed to actually be like the eighth episode of the season so there's, like, things that happen in that episode that they, like, are like, oh, look at all these great things. Like, Maggie's walking now, and we have this new dog, Santa's Little Helper. And Santa's Little Helper doesn't exist for, like, the next, like, five episodes of the season. Like, he's just gone. 
because he didn't actually exist until that episode, which was supposed to be the eighth episode. So that's kind of funny. I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah. interesting, right? So I, I didn't obviously know about any of that. The fact that the actual first episode wasn't even really the episode that was supposed to air first. It, it's interesting to me that they had enough time to get that one done, but not enough time to finish the other episode. Well, it's not necessarily that they didn't have time. They f- they couldn't finish what was the original pilot in time for the September release date. And so they pushed everything back. Like they were like, well, why would we air an episode? They had the Christmas episode already done, right? Like they created the Christmas episode and they're like, well, we can't put the Christmas episode at a different time of year. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it's still, it's still a little bit interesting. They probably could have just gone without the Christmas episode and like taken it out and aired the, aired the show without the Christmas special in the first season. Yeah, but that's no. like where it comes. I don't know. I find it almost endearing that they chose to do the Christmas episode. Yeah, I mean, like, well, so so when I turned it on to watch it, um, I felt I felt very confused by the fact that it was called the Simpsons Christmas Special. You know, and it's like when that when that shows up, if I'm imagining watching the Simpsons for the first time, I'm like, what do you mean the Simpsons Christmas Special? Am I supposed to know who these people are? To yes, but it's also it comes on. with that concept too. Like you have to remember that it was on. A lot of people, at the time that the show aired in general, a lot of people knew who the Simpsons were if they watched the Tracy Ullman show. Well, and, and how many people watched the Tracy Ullman show? I don't <laughs> well, know anything about the Well, it's the first ever time that Fox was <clears throat> nominated for an Emmy and won. It's the Tracy Ullman show, so I'm going to go with it. was pretty So it was probably pretty popular. popular. So you're right. Yeah. So people probably already knew who the Simpsons were when it aired on its... Yeah, the Tracy Ullman show was a sketch comedy show. Gotcha. So it makes sense that they had these animations. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I feel like, yeah. Go ahead. What, what are you saying? What part of, what part of that pilot episode, I guess, kind of draws the viewers back? You know what drew me back? Like when I was watching it, like genuinely, and it might just be because I love dogs, but when he they like get Santa's little helper, like the end, like that end part, the whole like wholesomeness. Like, that episode is just so wholesome, which is, I think, why they kept it. Like, you were saying they could have just not done a Christmas episode, but that episode is so wholesome. Because it's this family that can't afford, like, like you said, like, people know who the Simpsons are, but maybe not that well, right? We don't, this is our true first real full-length introduction to who these are outside of just sketch shorts. You get to know this family, and they they run into this issue where Bart gets a tattoo. They have to use the money they saved up for presents to remove the tattoo, and Homer doesn't get his Christmas bonus that he usually gets, which is very reminiscent of Christmas Vacation when I was watching it. Like, Homer tries to get this other job to be able to afford presents for his kids, and then he ends up not being able to... Like, he makes 13 bucks from some, you know, some boo hockey situation. And so he ends up going to the tracks with his son, Bart, to the dog tracks to watch dogs race. And then Santa's, like, they bet on Santa's little helper because they think it's a sign from the gods above. And Santa's little helper comes in last and then gets kicked out. And they, like, are walking around the parking lot and they see Santa's little helper, like, being disowned. And then Santa's little helper jumps into Homer's arms and... They let them, he lets them keep the dog, and that's like what the wholesome moment is at the end. And you're just like, oh, I want to keep watching this show because it's funny. There's funny things going on, but it's also like super cute and just super like 
you just didn't expect it to come from I feel like especially at the time you didn't expect it to come from an animation show like that I don't know that's what kept Mm -hmm. me around that's what would make and like I said like I've never been a a Simpsons watcher in general like I've seen episodes here and there but nothing like big and usually it's like their Halloween episodes honestly but that moment I was like god I can't, I might actually have to start watching this show from the beginning. Like I think I might just start watching The Simpsons. Go ahead. Yeah. So so the ending just kind of draws you back into it. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you're spending the the whole episode watching. You're kind of like, God, does this does this ever end for this guy? I mean, it feels like after every turn, he just gets another fucking kick into the balls. Should I not be cursing? <laughs> kicking to the balls is not I don't think I just said cursing. fucking right before oh did you <laughs> that's how bad I am I mean that's the thing is like I don't know it. seriously but you just after at, around every corner he just keeps getting unlucky it feels like and so yeah. it just feels like just they're just kicking him while he's down yeah when what's so interesting is I actually I feel like them not being able to air what was supposed to be the original pilot might have been good for them because honestly when i watched that episode that like final episode of season one they paint these like this family as like the misfits of the community right which they are at the end of the day right like the simpsons are supposed to be like the that family in springfield but like it is so to the extent of that what could have been the pilot doesn't nearly make me want to keep watching the show as much as what was the pilot which i find really interesting I don't know if that's the case for other people. I think somehow it did them a big favor to have that Christmas episode as the first episode. I think that's a fair point because at the same time, you're also attaching yourself to like a memory, like psychologically speaking, Christmas is a much more memorable time of the year, much more like family oriented time of the year and attaching yourself to the memories of the holidays probably made more people want to come back and watch more episodes, want to for sure. watch them when they came out. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, no, I would I agree with that for sure. And there was like, actually, there was something else I was reading about that episode that the whole dog racing bit with Santa's Little Helper, apparently a lot of people took that as bringing awareness to the issue within like dog racing and tracks, like betting community, like all the, like the bad things that happen and like how, if a dog doesn't perform well, they just dispose of them. And, like, Matt Groening, I think that's how you say his name. I feel like I always mess up how to pronounce his name. But he, like, is like, I didn't even realize that that's something we did. But, yeah, we're happy we did it. (laughs) Something else I found is Sims is just the second animated show to air in primetime since the Flintstones went off the air 23 years earlier. The other was Wait Till Your Father Gets Home, which aired from 1972 to 1974. I think at the end of the day, though, like, The Simpsons, just for what it was and what it was at the time that it came out, you know, like, they fit a a very niche scenario that, like, no matter what their pilot episode was, honestly, at the end of the day, I feel like The Simpsons was destined for success. So, where where do you rate it? Like, how many good noodle stars do you give this (laughs) pilot? Good noodle stars? What the fuck is that? Well, it's a Spongebob reference. Oh, it is. We can't, we can't reference... Oh, God, that's... We're going to, like, go down a rabbit hole of references in this, aren't we? Well, I mean, I feel like half of what we talk about is references. This like, is half true. of the things we say are just references this to other so TV true. shows and movies. You can't not reference something. <laughs> but, you know, like good, like good noodle stars. 
How many? How many good noodle stars out of you know seven? I don't out know. of seven, why do you pick such a weird number? Out of seven good noodle stars, out, out of seven. Out of seven good noodle stars. Out of seven good noodle stars. <sighs> I mean, I would say overall, as far as like, as as far as like characters go, as far as comedy goes, as far as the influence it had and when it aired. I mean, uh, yeah, I would say. I mean, so I think I, it has to be a seven out of seven because it yeah, just like seven out of seven good noodles. Seven out of seven good noodles. Talk about fucking Family Guy, bro. <laughs> just go, just, you know, you know. I'm done with mine. You shut go. up with your good noodles. It's your turn. Style. I'm gonna eat my chips. Talk about talk. Family Guy. Well, so I didn't. I didn't do. I think I should preface this with the fact that I don't think I did nearly as much research as you. Um, <laughs> I like that you're talking through me, just something. full on chomping. <laughs> so we, we were talking about how The Simpsons they were destined for success. I feel like Family Guy, despite everything I read about it should not have succeeded based on everything that was going on. Mm -hmm. But as far as the pilot goes, I mean, the pilot, uh, I guess, just the pilot. So the pilot is Death Has a Shadow, and it aired on January 31st, 1999, and it aired right after the Super Bowl, which I think is the first thing for not succeeding. I feel like not many people are thinking about what's coming on after the Super Bowl. When you When you watch the Super Bowl, that's like the last thing you're watching on TV that day but i feel like it might still just be on people's tvs because they're not turning it off right so for well, like right the but you're not you're not paying statistics. attention to it i feel like fair but for the statistics like they i mean that's fair theoretically I was, I would have gotten a great three. actually i was two on january 31st 1999 wow, um, so i couldn't tell ages, you man nobody's gonna want to listen couldn't to this tell you <laughs> nobody's gonna want to listen to this and now that we're talking um, about stuff we're not even born i think it's fair to say that I am young, and I think that's a good stipulation because maybe that means that what I say has a different effect on people. Anyways, my point is that I just, I feel like in my experience and my family, they've always enjoyed like parties and gatherings of people. So like going to um, Super Bowl parties was something we did a lot every year. In my experience, after the Super Bowl is over, people are going outside to play football or they're they're eating dinner or they're, I mean, it depends on Face timing, but they're, on they're talking about it. Hammered yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're passed out drunk on the couch. <laughs> You know, like any of the above. So I feel like having something air, it's original, like it's it's first episode, it's pilot episode right after that. There's no real reason for me to stick around as as yeah. a football fan. Yeah, you know? that's fair. That said, obviously, in hindsight, it's wildly successful show. It's currently or just finished airing its 18th season, maybe. And I think a large part of that is just Seth MacFarlane's dedication to the show. So he initially came up with the idea for Family Guy in 1995. It was kind of while he was in school at Rhode Island uh, School of Design. He had a thesis project. His thesis project was a, an animated short called The Life of Larry. And so he submitted that as his thesis to his professor. And his professor actually submitted that project to Hanna-Barbera. And so that inspired Hanna-Barbera to hire McFarlane. On Can you to touch on who, like who Hanna Barbera is, real quick. Well, I mean, do I have to? Um, I mean, you don't really. <laughs> so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so just as a just so people just know, like Hanna Barbera is responsible for so many cartoons, including which we just touched on with The Simpsons, The Flintstones. They're yeah. responsible for The Flintstones, Looney Tunes, shows like Johnny Bravo, Cat Dog, like all those. Were Anything all that Hanna was Barbera. popular on Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. um, was pretty much Hanna-Barbera. It's an insane list. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a long list. 
Anyway, uh, so so Hanna Barbera, very popular cartoon creator. So to be hired by Hanna Barbera is a huge feat for any animator, I think. So he was he was brought on to kind of continue his show, and actually, so he created a sequel to his short, The Life of Larry, called Larry and Steve, which featured on Cartoon Network as like a world introduction for animation or something like that. One of one of one of Hanna Barbera's like uh, world premieres of cartoons. Oh, I didn't know that. So he was brought on to kind of continue this story uh, of these Larry shorts in more full-length episodes, but they they didn't have the budget to create the animation. So kind of like what you were saying with the first Simpsons episode, they just couldn't finish the episode due to animation restraints. But these Larry shorts were never were never realized by Seth MacFarlane because they didn't have a budget to make any actual animations. Um, so he was essentially dropped from Hanna-Barbera while he was there he was introduced to a couple people one person namely leslie collins over at fox studios and so a year after he was dropped from hanna barbera he reached back out to leslie collins and told her about this idea he had which stemmed from his work on these larry shorts those shorts were his inspiration for family guy and he reached out to them and they were able to put together a meeting and told him to have uh, about a 15-minute pilot episode to them with a $50,000 budget. Which, for they, reference, is not nearly enough money to actually create an animation right. and so, pilot. Even 15 minutes. Like, that's yeah. a ridiculously low budget. So Seth MacFarlane takes this money, and um, I think in an interview with New York Times, he said he spent six months just sitting in his kitchen doing voices and drawing for this pilot and brought the pilot back to Fox and they essentially they greenlit it so it was so much time put in by seth mcfarland so much just effort um he was not giving up on this idea the the original pilot was actually a little bit different from death has a shadow which is the title of the original airing episode anyways in the first episode in death has a shadow we meet the main characters the griffin family led by arguably the main character peter griffin who's just kind of he is um, a family guy he is a family guy well, so he's just kind of this dumb, forgetful, somewhat alcoholic, middle-aged man who just like he just lives his life kind of without any thought about what it does to other people. And in the episode, we see that he's going to a party with some friends, and uh, his wife Lois asks him not to drink. The first thing he does when he gets there, he takes a drink. Feels like a little bit of remorse. He's like, oh, I don't know, I feel I feel kind of bad about drinking. And uh, I think one of my favorite lines is like, oh, don't don't think about it that way, or like, don't feel bad, Peter. And he's like, oh, you know, I never thought about it that way. And just instantly keeps drinking. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite jokes. But um, anyway, so so he gets drunk, comes on, he sleeps on the kitchen table. And then like he goes to work and he ends up getting fired for sleeping on the job because he was so tired from not sleeping the night before. So he goes on welfare, doesn't tell his wife that he's on welfare, but there's like a welfare check issue to where he's making way more money than he should be. And as a result, he's spending all this money and telling his wife that he got a huge raise and they can live a lavish life. But when she finds out, he tries to come clean. And in the way that he tries to kind of get the forgiveness from Lois is he rents a blimp over the Super Bowl and then dr starts dropping cash all over the Super Bowl. And so like the whole game stops. Um, the fans rush the field and everybody's just trying to pick up cash. Then the blimp gets shot down by the Fox, by the Fox uh, security. He crashes the blimp and in his hearing about crashing the blimp has to admit to welfare fraud. Um, so, so essentially he has, he has this hearing for his welfare fraud and 
ultimately the judge changes his mind. They let him they let him go home and they they live their life. They just kind of forget everything that happened, which is kind of the basis for how the show finishes every episode going forward. There's no real cliffhangers or anything. The family just gets back together in the end, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, from from that, the things that remained consistent were that like Peter loses his job, and that he and that Lois gets mad at him. And I think the the blimp scene is in that initial. So the, so there there's no real record of that first that initial pilot the that he submitted to, to Fox to get the green light. Yeah. The one that he, the one that he sent to Fox to get the green light. Okay. Um, there's like a little bit of footage somewhere on the internet. I found like the first seven minutes and I was watching it right before we started this podcast, but okay. didn't finish it, but that was all I could find. And, mm-hmm. and watching that, I mean, it's very similar for the first half, but when I was reading about it, um, the idea for like welfare for him going on welfare was, uh, added it was an idea by one of the executives um and it kind of changes the plot of the episode and it, and that was that was incentive to build the plot a little bit more so i mean you had a 15 minute plot you had to kind of stretch that more to 21 22 minutes for uh, airtime that that kind of idea was implemented to build on the plot a little bit more so yeah i mean they, it feels like the opposite of the simpsons like you said with where it was destined for success like they couldn't have failed if they tried like it feels like Family Guy should never have even aired, given all of the things that happened to Seth MacFarlane. And it's I think. Interesting. Sorry, I'm just going to touch on. So, no, yeah, Seth MacFarlane, you said he was let go from Hanna Barbera. He actually was let go from the shows, but he was still on their payroll. So during oh, okay. the time he was making that short, that six month period, he was actually still getting paid by Hanna Barbera. They just didn't have anything for them to work on. Because they were in this transition period of, like, being taken over. And so I agree with you because I definitely think there are things that maybe shouldn't have worked for him. But at the same time, he, like, some, like, in a lot of interviews with him, because obviously, you know, I know too much about Seth MacFarlane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but in a lot of, like, interviews with him, he talks about how it kind of actually lined up perfectly for him because he was getting paid from Hanna-Barbera without having to actually work on any- anything it actually ended up being perfect for him because he could work on that without having to be worried about paying his rent and he could sit at home. But I also agree with the fact that like he still had to do it, the animation all himself for that like selling pilot for the sizzle essentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I apologize. I must have misunderstood it when I was reading it. Um, no, you're fine. I just want, I didn't want to correct you in the moment, but I wanted to just add that little correction. Cause you, yeah, no, feel free to correct me whenever you want. You absolute <laughs> idiot. No, I'm just kidding. And one thing I just said, I know in general about Family Guy is that you're saying like it was destined to fail and it really was because they didn't have a consistent time slot. They were all over the place. So like nobody could actually have a chance to keep watching it and like stick with it because it wasn't on its regular like time on like a Thursday like it is now. It was all over the place. And so they didn't give it a chance to succeed because they put it on such crazy time slots after that. It didn't have a consistent airtime. So it was just like a mess as well, which I would attribute to being a reason it was destined to fail. As much as like the stars aligned for Seth MacFarlane to be able to create the pilot, they also totally blew up and created a whole Big Bang of non-existence for him. (laughs) Which is ironic because the Big Bang was existence, (laughs) so... That was a terrible analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Horrible analogy, but you know what I'm trying to say. No, yeah. Um, The last thing I wanted to say about Family Guy is that 
it does get seven out of seven good noodle stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I do give let me it write that. Hang on, let me let me write that down. Stars. One second, hang on. Yeah, can we get that on record? I think we touched on that. No, man, I think I think I think we pretty much touched on everything. I was I, I was gonna talk more about like the two episodes themselves are almost identical in plot. Like you've got a father of a family of three with some financial issue that leads to him having to lie and deceive his family, his wife, and essentially try to find a way to repair that relationship before ever even coming clean about the issue. Which, you know, um, is ironic that like that kind of concept stayed relevant. That seems like a stereotypical concept. That's like it was relevant in 1989. It was relevant in 1999. And I think it's even relevant now. I think People if you made can a new relate show. to it regardless for some reason because it's like the uh, like the concept of the male figure of the family basically screwing up in some way. I mean, I mean, realistically, Homer doesn't screw up. Peter, yeah, 100% Peter, screws Peter, up. Peter screws up. <laughs> Peter screws for, up. For Homer Peter, doesn't screw up. It's out of no control of his own, and it Homer. Right, so for yeah, go ahead. For Homer, he, he's the more more victimized about him. He's a blue collar worker victimized by corporations whereas peter griffin is blue collar worker victimized by his own stupidity stupidity. yeah they still get the same redemption well i I, you know and that's that's kind of where i feel like it gets a little bit different do they get the same redemption not exactly i mean what is what's the end of what's peter's redemption so so peter's peter's quote-unquote redemption is that in the end he's He's sentenced to 24 months in prison. Lois tries to appeal to the judge to, like, his human side. The judge's response is to sentence them both to 24 months in prison, to which Stewie, where the subplot of Stewie's, like, mind mind control device comes into play, and he mind controls the judge into essentially setting them free. Okay, so they're they're not the same redemption. Um... Yeah, they don't get the same redemption. So they don't get the same redemption, so... Because Homer's redemption is in that regardless of the fact that he tried to hide this from his family and his um, wasn't like by his he own did doing. everything this was like a could. christmas bonus yeah his big mistake in that in that episode is that he bets on the wrong dog his friend tells him that he needs to bet on this dog he decides to ha- let fate take its chance mm-hmm. and ban on, bet bet on santa's little helper which in the end the irony is right he bets on santa's little helper santa's little helper loses and then santa's little helper is what saves their family christmas mm-hmm. yeah so i think the more interesting thing is that both shows have been on for so long now to me i feel like the one thing that remains very similar with them that you hear from pretty much all fans is that it's like both shows have kind of lost their touch of what they were in the beginning and the characters have become kind of dumbed down and kind of in a way lazy to what they used to be but it's also like how yeah i mean simpsons is on like 600 episodes like how much originality can come from being 600 episodes into something yeah i think overall like family guy the simpsons two wildly successful tv shows kind of with similar ideas just kind of go in two different directions and we can see that by the differences in success that they've had whereas family guy succeeds more from consistent jokes one-liners and cutaways whereas the simpsons touches more on i think the family ideas and appeals to a wider audience as a result so nailed it (laughs) 